time, I want y'all to help us do it. Lift your hands in this atmosphere and say, I am grateful. Tell them yes. I'm grateful for the victory that we've won. Tell them I could go on and on. About your works. Because I'm grateful. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing from my heart.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. He alone is worthy. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with you right where I belong. <laughs> right where I belong. Amen. Thank God for his goodness and his mercy, his kindness. Amen. God is good. And I'm grateful to him. Amen. Anybody grateful to the Lord for all that he has done and continues to do? Amen. Well, it's Bible study time, and I hope you came with paper, pencil, pen, or you have your smart device ready to start taking your notes because we're going to get into studying the Bible. Right? We said it's Bible study, right? What do you do? Study the Bible. Amen. It's Bible study. So we will get into that. So prepare yourself to study the Word of God because you want to hide the Word of God in your heart that you might not sin against him. And you want that word to become a part of you as you learn it. And so we're going to get into the word of God tonight. A couple of things I want to mention real quick. Don't forget Saturday is our prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. And I'm expecting a good turnout because we have a um, a meeting right afterwards. We have um, our stewardship campaign meeting. We're working toward... Um, a public launch of our stewardship that we are um, endeavoring to um, do and we want to prepare ourselves that as God opens the door for us to walk through to get our building we are ready so we're working in the background to prepare ourselves for our public launch of our stewardship campaign and so we're going to have a meeting about that Saturday right after our prayer breakfast so um, I expect to see a good uh, amount of people turn out, a good amount of people coming together and pray. So please join us for prayer at 8 a.m. Saturday morning. The other thing that I want to mention is how much I'm grateful and I'm thankful for Christ Center Church, for each and every one of you, um, your kindness and your support, your generosity. Um, I really appreciate all that you've done in the passing of my father. Um, you all were tremendous, and you are just a wonderful church family. I thank God for you. Also, I am proud of you because you had an outstanding um, picnic. Hallelujah. Amen. You, you, you showed me, and you showed the Lord. Not that the Lord didn't know, but you showed us that you are going to do your part no matter what's going on. And that's what that meant Saturday. And you all had a tremendous, tremendous picnic. I saw all the pictures. I got a little live feed every once in a while. And I just missed you all. But I was just so happy and proud of you and just how you moved forward and got the business done. And to all of you that have just kept things going and had been um, just a pillar in making sure a picnic was done, I thank you. And uh, more importantly, God bless you and uh, your labor in God is not in vain. Always remember that you're not doing it for the church. You're not doing it for me, but you're doing it unto the Lord. The church is a beneficiary. I am a beneficiary of what you do, but just know that as you do it, you're doing it unto the Lord. And however it lands, that's great. That's that's my mindset, how it's always been as I serve God. 
is I am doing this unto the Lord and however it lands, if it if it benefits the church, if it benefits you, I'm okay with it because I started out saying I'm going to please God. And that's what you did this weekend, this past weekend. And I'm very proud of you and um, glad that you were able to get it all done. And Brother Darrell was able to get some hot sausages because that's all he was thinking about. I wasn't even on the spot and I knew that. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's how we grow as a family. We get to learn each other's, you know, things that we like and what we don't like. And we know Brother D, um, it runs, apparently it runs in his, in his genes uh, when it comes down to hot sausages. So we won't go any further with that. But he enjoyed his hot sausages and we are glad for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's stand. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer tonight. I want you to pray with me on something specific tonight. Um, I got a text message from Brother Evanson. He's in the hospital and he's sick in his body. Something that's familiar, but, you know, we never want to take anything lightly. And um, he texted out, say, hey, you know, I'm in the hospital, blah, 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 blah. And I prayed when he texted, but I want you to pray with me also for Brother Evanson that um, the Lord will touch his body and heal him miraculously. And we will command uh, sickness to leave his body in the name of Jesus Christ. And pray tonight that God will help you and help me that this Bible study time will make a difference in our life spiritually and in faith and in everything that God wants uh, to happen in our life. And so let's pray together tonight and ask God to have his way in our Bible study and have him to touch Brother Evanson and heal him. Let's pray together. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, we give you honor. And oh God, we praise your holy name. Jesus, there is none like you. You're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one which is, which was, and which is to come. The only wise God, the only true and living God. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. We're grateful, Lord, tonight to be in your presence, to come together one more time. And, oh, God, we humble ourselves before you. We submit our will that your will may be done. We ask, almighty God, that you touch our hearts in a special way. For we want all that you have in store for us, Lord God, to be done. That when we leave here tonight, Lord God, we will leave the way you want us to leave. We will leave with what you want us to leave with. I ask tonight, Lord God, that the gifts of the Spirit to operate in this Bible study, the Lord will move upon us in a miraculous way, and that the power of God will be revealed. Lord, I thank you for the body of Christ, for the family of God. Will you pour out of your Spirit upon us tonight, Lord God? Will you allow the power of the Holy Ghost to move among us tonight, Lord God? Will you do what only you can, Lord God? The work of the Spirit that is exceeding and abundant above what Whatever we can ask or think. Have your way tonight, Lord God. We pray for Brother Evanson, Lord God, that from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, that you will touch him in a special way, Lord. And we curse the sickness that is in his body and command it to come out of his body in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, heal him if you will, Lord God, according to your power, according to your healing virtue, Lord. Let it be so that he will be healed and be whole. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing, Lord God. 
We give you the honor and the praise for there is none like you. We will bless the Lord at all times. Oh God, praises will come forth from our loins to give you the honor and to magnify your name. Oh glory, hallelujah. We love you Jesus. We're grateful almighty God. We're thankful almighty God. Oh that you are our God. That you called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Oh Jesus, have your way. We love you. We bless your name and we thank you tonight for all these things we pray in Jesus name. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, have your way, oh, God, have your way, oh, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I desire a, a, a real move of God's spirit in my life. I really do. I want God to move in my life. I want God to do what only he can do in my life. I want the will of God to be done in my life. You you should want the same thing. Like, God, I want something just in my life. I want you to work in my life in a special way. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost and power. I want to walk in the power and the authority of the word in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to be a a vessel that he can work through. I want a fellowship with him. I want to be with him always and having fellowship and communion with the almighty God. Oh God, that's what I want, Lord. That's what I want. You see, when we're not doing that, we have all the other elements that's working around us that's trying to prevent us from really being who God wants us to be. I had the privilege today, every year for the past four years, I believe, I um I I get involved or I should say I attend. Um now we're attending virtually. Well, we have always attended virtually this um conference that's called Global Leadership Summit. And every year it's about the first week in August and it's a real powerful uh uh conference. It's 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 on leadership for the most part and uh they bring leaders from every walk of life and bring them in depending on the subject that they're dealing with and they'll bring leaders in that are experts in those areas and they will talk about um, leadership and today I was just just taking it all in um, virtually that is and it was just a wonderful experience in listening to the different people talking about leadership and I appreciated it um, for the past couple of years it seemed like they had took the conference a little bit to the left there. They started talking more about regular leadership in our society and not so much um, about leadership in the kingdom of God. And they brought in a lot of speakers. That were, they were good, but they were more from the, you know, um, the corporate world. And that helps us sometimes. So I'm not knocking it. But this year I felt like they really put a lot of emphasis back on bringing in pastors and uh, ministry leaders to teach about leadership and today was the first day tomorrow would be the second day they normally do it for two days and it was impactful so I really was inspired today and it was really really good I <laughs> there's a lot that you know when you listen to some things and you've been studying or praying about some things it, it's just so refreshing when you hear uh, you know what you have been studying or talking to God about and boy there were a whole lot of things there in um, Global Leadership Summit today that I felt like 
um, the Lord kind of um, helped me um, with some of the things that I was just praying about and talking to him about. So thank God for it. If you ever get a chance, you can go on um, um, GLS.com, Global Leadership Summit. And, and um, the, one of the greatest thing about it is the, uh, the speakers normally have um, books that they author and that they write. So um, there's good recommendation. And so I would just download them books. And I just do it on my Kindle. Sometimes I'll get the book in the mail, but every most of the times now I just download it on Kindle. So I have it um, and have it for good reading. So uh, when you get a chance, just go on their website, Global Leadership Summit, and um, good recommendation. And you will you will get some good things to read. And they might even have a few of their clips that they will play and um, some of the things that they mentioned today. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I feel like I have good direction uh, of where we're going. Uh, sometimes you don't. <laughs> that don't mean you're not a child of God, and that doesn't mean that you're not God's man or God's woman leading. Um, but I feel pretty good about our direction, where we're going in. Um, you know, when the Lord uh, decides he will confirm and direct you so you know you feel pretty good about that. Sometimes he kind of leaves you in the dark a little bit and says, just, just keep going. Don't worry about what you don't know right now just keep going <laughs> but there are other times you know he says all right here's what's going on so he's uh he's funny sometimes like that but i want you to turn your bibles tonight to isaiah chapter 14 isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 we're going to read that and then we're going to jump in um ezekiel then we're going to go into jeremiah and uh, romans and Revelation. We've got some scriptures tonight. That's why I suggest that you be ready to write or type, whichever one. But be ready to get some notes so you can go back and look at this. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12. The word of God says, how art thou falling or how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, listen to this carefully, I, somebody say I, I. will ascend into heaven. I, somebody say I, I, will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Somebody says I. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Somebody say I. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. Somebody says I. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Be careful when you've got a lot of eyes going on. And I can't tell you how much, you know, when you're living for God, you have to follow, not follow, but pay attention to the trends of our world and what's going on. And here is the trend, one of the trends. In our world today. Live your best life. Be your authentic self. I don't have a problem with it. 
The problem with it, or the only problem with it, is when you don't say, live your best life in Christ. The problem with it is when you don't say, be your authentic self in Christ. But that's the promotion right now in our society is the movement to tell everybody, just do you, be you, don't worry about this, don't worry about that, and let people know you're not afraid, and you're going to be this, and you're going to be that, and you're going to accomplish this. And I would like to know, with all of those thoughts, where does Christ come in with all of that? So that's what you will hear a lot of. That's what you will see a lot of. And if you're not careful, you can be sucked in by that as well. And you will find yourself as a Christian promoting I. Be careful if you're a Christian promoting I. Lucifer's fall, before I go any further, let me entitle this for you tonight. We're going to entitle this Bible study tonight, The Mystery of the Son of God. The mystery of the Son of God. Lucifer's fall is revealed and detailed in this text as we just read. It revealed rebellion by the sin called pride. I, 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 church, if you are one of those that like to talk about I, You're going to have to do a better job with that because I will bring about pride and pride will destroy you. You can't live your life pushing your ideology and I and I. You know what's very interesting about our world today? Everybody is Wanting you to just let me be me, my own individual. And we can't do it. We're we're telling people, let me be my own individual, but we're not able to do it. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, we have people that says, I'm going to take the vaccination. And then we have people that says, I'm not taking the vaccination. But somehow we still have the conversation about, well, why are you not getting the vaccination? Or why did you get the vaccination? And I thought we were trying to say, whatever you believe in and you want to do, go ahead and do. Whatever you believe in and you want to go ahead and do. And we don't argue with one another and go back and forth. But we can't do it because we're still fussing with one another as to who didn't get the vaccination and who got the vaccination. We, we, we're trying our best to be our own eyes and what I like and what I want and just leave me be and let me do what I want. But yet you might be telling somebody, why are you doing that? And our world has become confused. We're confused. But that's what will happen when you don't have God. The Bible says Satan is the author of confusion. So when you begin to see confusion, God is not in it. 
because God is not confused. He's all knowing. So when you're all knowing, you can't be confused. (laughs) In the book of Ezekiel, the king of Tyrus is also called the anointed cherub that covereth, which is probably a prophetic title of Lucifer in his fallen state. There are details about his identity given that cannot refer to a human being, but fit rather well with Isaiah's reference to Lucifer. The sin's description is similar. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. So let's take a look at Ezekiel 28, verse 12 through 18, and you will see it describes Lucifer. It says in Ezekiel 28, 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon thy king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. Man, I just got interrupted reading that. You know what I just got interrupted reading that? What just interrupted me? All of these are considered jewels. And we're chasing them and spending a lot of money for them. And the most corrupted being ever made was made with them. But let me go on. That was an interruption there, but let me go on. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and I have set thee so. God says, I set you so. Uh-huh. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and I have set thee so. Thou was upon the mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. Till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of thy stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. This is a description of Lucifer. Let's take a look at a few more scriptures that reveals 
a bit more about the fall of Lucifer and God's glorious plan. Romans chapter 16, verse 25. These are some good scriptures here. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation, watch it, of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So let's take a pause and realize the Apostle Paul is writing. He says, according to the revelation of the mystery. So there's a mystery. But yes, there came a revelation of the mystery. But from the beginning, there was a mystery. A secret. But now is made manifest. And by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. I'm going somewhere with that. First Corinthians chapter two. Verse number six. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. The wisdom of this world and the princes of this world will come to naught. All demons and all knowledge of this world will come to zero, zilch, nada, nothing Mm -hmm. but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory god had a plan And he wasn't revealing it till it was time to reveal it. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Bible study time. Tell your neighbors, Bible study time. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Man, I'm going somewhere here. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. So can we pause right there and says, whatever it is in this world that you have a whole lot of, the Bible says, don't you be glorifying yourself in that. Verse 24 says this. This is it. But let him that glorieth glory in this. What is it, Lord, that we should glory in? That he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. God says, 
We as a people, if we're going to glorify, if we're going to brag, if we're going to say, look at me, what we ought to say that for is this, that we know and understand who the almighty God is. That's what we need to walk around and be glad about. That's what we need to walk around and be grateful about. I know God and I understand him. I know God and I understand him. That's what we ought to walk around and be grateful for, that we know God and we understand him. God went through a whole lot for you and me to know him and understand him. God went through a whole lot for you and me to know him and understand him. Knowing and understanding God is the glory of man. Knowing and understanding God is the glory of man. So all the things people want to walk around, Matthew, and have, you know, the air about them. You know, we walk around, you know, somebody walk around because they letting you know I got it going on. We need to start walking around like we got it going on. If you know God. And you understand him, you ought to walk around like you got something going on. And when they say, what, what's up with you while you're walking like that? What's up with you while you're acting like that? Because I know God and I understand him. That's why I'm walking around like that. That's why I'm acting like that. Because I know God and I understand him. That's it. That's what God expects of us, for us to know him. And when we know him, we ought to understand him. And when we understand him, we can then go ahead in glory and say, look, I know God and I understand him. You can know God and understand him just like me. Because he's no respecter of persons. God is identified with the ultimate aim of our being. These are some things that we don't want to hear because we're so wrapped up in what we want and it's separate from God. So when you hear the word of God tell you that God should be our ultimate aim of who we're supposed to be, we turn away from that because we're worried, but what about this God? I want to get this and I want to get that. He made us and it is for him we live. Consequently, the better we know him, the better shall we be able to serve him. Y'all getting ready to get quiet on me because I'm getting ready. What you like to say now? I'm, I'm getting ready to give you some truth. No, no, that's not what they say because the Bible, only, only Jesus is truth. So they talk, yeah, facts. That's the word, facts. You know, you, you drop something, facts. But I'm getting ready to give you truth, which is facts. So here we go. One cannot know and understand God and live by his or her own will and desire. Yes, you're quiet. One cannot know and understand God and continue to live according to their own will and desire. You can't do it. So if you're not living to follow after Jesus, it means you don't really know him yet. You don't understand him yet. Don't get offended. Just say, God, I want to know you and God, I want to understand you. Because when I know you and understand you, the word of God, the preacher is saying that that's now when I will live to please you and not myself. 
When you come to know God, when you come to understand him, you understand that I don't want to live without him. You understand everything that you can be, will be, it comes from him. Whatever you will ever accomplish, it comes from him. The Bible says in him is life, and the life was the light of men. We cannot have life without him. So if I'm going to be successful in life, it has to be in Christ. That don't sit good for us. That's a challenge for us. But I'm here to tell you, when you know God and you understand God, you can no longer live to please your own self and to do whatever you desire is going to cost you to, to, to begin to say, God, how do I please you when you come to know him? When you don't know what somebody wants, you just go ahead and just go ahead with the flow, try to figure it out, whatever. But when you know what somebody wants, you know what to do to make them. And so a lot of us don't know God and don't understand God. And so we say we're living for God. You tell me, how does that work? How can you please one that you don't know? You're just going to do what you feel and what you think. And then when somebody tells you, well, that's not what the Bible says, you get offended. But when you come to know God and you understand God, you begin to do what God says do. And you realize this is what I need to do. And this is what I must because I know him and I understand him. Let me bring it down to a different level for you. You are not a good spouse if you know your spouse, you know what your spouse like, you know what makes your spouse happy, you know how to please them, you know, like carrying their luggage with, with, with you outside on a Sunday, like driving them around because you know they're tired. You know they like that stuff. You just decide, I ain't doing it. You're not a good spouse. You're not a good spouse. And I'm, so I'm telling you tonight, become a better spouse. When you know what your spouse needs and what they want that makes them happy, then do it. Why would you know it and don't do it? If you can't do it, let them know, honey, baby, I know this is what you like, but unfortunately, I can't do it. Let them know. But don't just, ah, like it, Trumpy, facts. But don't just let them just sit there wondering why aren't you doing the things. No, do what you know they like. So if that's true with your relationship, isn't it true with your relationship with God? If you know what he like, why are you doing what you want? Oh, God. All right, I guess I got to move on because that, that, that one making you too uncomfortable. <laughs> it's killing you. It's, I, I get you. I like is. It's, it's killing me. <laughs> I love that is. I love it. That's how we got Global Leadership Summit. In order for us to help each other be better, we can't do it in a, in, in a real, intense, judgmental, harsh way. We have to do it with love. So if we're going to 
you know, get better or help somebody get better, we can't just be giving them dirty looks. We can't be talking to them harshly. We can't be just, you know, being mean to them. We have to do it in a kind way. So that's what Izzy just did. Yeah. Yeah, you're killing me. When you know him, our knowledge of him leads us to obey him. We look a little crazy when we know what God requires and we're saying, but I'm not doing that. You look a little crazy. And, you know, if you still God, we're like, I'm not doing that. For you to do that, it kind of means that you really don't know him. Because when you know him, you know whatever he's commanding you to do is what's best for you. And when you go your way and do your thing and ignore God, guess what? You are only ruining your situation. You're only making your situation bad. So when you know God, you realize there is no other alternative. (laughs) When you come to know God, remember I told you, God, you can't trick me. What do you mean by that, preacher? I know the Bible says we, we, we can choose. We have a choice. I programmed my mind a long time ago. I don't have no choice. What do you want me to do, God? Because I don't have a choice. You let me know and you help me to get it done because I am not going to be ignorant enough to know God and talk about I got a choice. No, my only choice is whatever God says. <laughs> I don't want no choice. I don't want to consider no other alternative. Whatever God says, that's all I want to consider. So don't tell me about you got a choice. You might have one. I don't have none. Whatever he says, that's the only choice I got. So if you call that a choice, okay, it's a choice. But I've known God for a little bit now. And I know that you don't want to consider no other alternative but the one he says. Mm-hmm. To know him will result in eternal life. That sound normal? Like, yeah, 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 that's correct. To know him, eternal life. That sounds normal. But a lot of people, they're not on the road to eternal life. But they might think that they're on the road to eternal life. Because what I say, to know him. Gets you on track to have eternal life. And a lot of people don't know him. That's why I told you a long time ago. If you're trying to live for God to go to heaven. You probably will never make it to heaven. Because it requires knowing God. To get to heaven. How can you say that preacher? I'll give you a Bible scripture for it. So you don't think I'm making up stuff. John chapter 17 verse 3. Y'all don't have it over there. But it's okay. John chapter 17 verse 3 says this. And this. Is life eternal. <laughs> that they might know thee, the only true God. That word and need to be replaced with even. Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So to know Jesus is to have eternal life. Because when you know him, you live according to his will. You start doing whatever he says because you realize that's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way but to follow Jesus. All right, y'all quiet on me. All right. Here are some hints that tells us 
about the mystery of the Son of God. Here are some hints that talk to us a little bit about the mystery of the Son of God. Revelations, Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall work whose names are not written in the book life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You go figure out that. The foundation. Man, you weren't there when the foundations was established. But the lamb was slain at the foundation. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Listen to me. In Revelations, it's telling you there was going to be a lamb slain for our sins before we even understood anything of a prophecy or a mystery that there will be a lamb. Jesus Christ is the lamb of God. Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so here in Genesis, it talks about a man, a man. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. It's a man that will come to, to, to redeem man. So that's talked about here in Genesis 3 and 15. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4, the scripture says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. And so here's the meat of what I'm getting ready to talk to you tonight about. God planned to become a human being to reveal himself to all creation and to be the savior. But he, but he ordained this to be a secret or a mystery not to be revealed to his chosen people until a specific time and not to be revealed to fallen angel until the fulfillment of the plan. So, as God created, before he created us, he knew when he created us that we would sin, that we would disobey him. And so he calculated all of that and realized, okay, you guys are going to mess up. So I'm going to have to put a plan together to rescue you, to save you after you messed up. And nobody had been created yet. And God knew that. So he had this plan. And the plan was, I got to become human. I got to become a man. To be the one to rescue you. Because nobody else will be able to rescue you. Just me. Uh-huh. And so God did reveal the plan of it by way of one title. Son of God. And so many people have struggled to understand the meaning of the Son of God. What is that? How does that work? Son of God. Because when you think son, you think little. When you think son, you think offspring. And so God simply, for us to understand, other than Adam and Eve, 
Everybody that came after Adam and Eve had to have a mother and a father. They had to be a son or a daughter. So tell me how was God going to come into this world and not be a son? How? Does any, can anybody answer that? That God could have came into this world as a human and not be a son. But we got challenged about that. Like, how is that possible? Every person after Adam and Eve that entered into this world entered as a son or a daughter. You need parents to be born. And so when God came, he was still God. But the bottom line is he had to have a mother and a father. And by having a mother and a father to do things legitimately and legally, you would be called a son. So don't let that confuse you when the Bible talks about the son. God had to become human. And from the moment he became human, he had to be a son. All right, let me go on a little bit. The mystery was the identity of the son of God. That is, that he would be the Lord of glory himself incarnate in human form and not some secondary person or deity. It is this, knowing God, which is the glory of his people. When you come to realize who God really is, then that's knowing him. Because you understand the transcendent God became human. So the mystery of the Son of God was that God had a plan to save us. And the only way we're going to be saved was that another man had to save us. And what the Bible says, I look for a man to stand in the gap. Isaiah said that. I look for a man to stand in the gap and I found none because none of us had been righteous enough to do it. All of us had sinned. And the only one that has never sinned was the almighty God who became man. So he was the only one qualified. So son, don't let it get you twisted. Son just means that because God came into this world, in order for him to be legit, he had to be a son. It's just that simple. If if he, I'd explained this to you guys before. If he came into this world and wasn't a son, he would be illegitimate and he would not be legally or legal in this world. It come down to this. Even angels right now, their issue is they're illegitimate. Because they can't be in this world as sons and daughters. So what they try to do is they try to occupy the body of other humans. That's their way of being legit in this world, of, you know, moving around in this world and be seen. But God is always about righteousness and legitimacy. The devil is illegitimate. The devil is unrighteous. The devil will always do something that is not right. 
And so he doesn't care how he move around. But God is so holy and God is so righteous that everything he does is righteous. So when he decide he's coming to this world, he had to come legitimately. He could not come illegitimately. He wasn't just going to fall from the sky and says God is here. Prior to the revealing of the plan for a son. Now, here we go. We're going to get a little deep here. Prior to the revealing of the plan for a son, the son of God, Lucifer was the second most important being in creation. Second only to God himself. Not knowing the identity of the son. Lucifer assumed he was going to be regulated to a position that was less important than where he was. So when he understood that there was going to be a son, all he's thinking about is, I'm second in position here. And if there's going to be a son, son always going to go before me. You're telling me I'm going to get to third position? That started everything for Lucifer. He thought that the son of God was going to take his place. (laughs) The underlying failure was Lucifer's desire to obtain fulfillment apart from what he thought was God's plan for his life. So Lucifer, he thought... Second to God. If 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 he creates a son, now I'm gonna be third. A couple of things I need to insert to you. One of the reasons why the devil don't like you is because you have a position with God that he doesn't have. You have a position with God that he can never have. So guess what? Whatever he can do to annihilate you, whatever he can do to hurt you, whatever he can do to stop you, whatever he can do to destroy you, he's coming for you because in his mind, you have something that I can never have. That's why you and him are adversaries. Uh Uh-huh. Here's another thing about Lucifer. Which is what I was going to title this message, Don't Be Like Lucifer. But I didn't want to do that. But here is the other thing, the other big thing that messed Lucifer up. Lucifer, why didn't you trust God that whatever he relegated you to, whatever position, whatever he say you are, whatever he was going to do, why are you worrying about that? And so often the people of God 
are worrying about what's happening with the next man or the next woman or the next situation, what's coming down the road. What about me? God, what are you going to do with me? How long you been hearing me say nobody can stop the will of God for your life? Only you. No man, no devil, nothing can stop God's will for your life. Lucifer made a bad decision in thinking that because God's going to have a son, he's going to be regulated to a different position and he should have God's got you no matter what position you're in, boy. It doesn't matter where you are. If God placed you there, you are in the perfect place, the right place you need to be in. I don't care what you think in your mind. Wherever God has you, that's the perfect place you need to be in. But we have this mindset. Lucifer, I don't like this position I'm in. I'm a better singer than her. I'm a better preacher than him. I'm smarter than them. I know more than them. How can they be above me? I should be here. Wherever God has you, you are in the perfect place. Don't you look to nobody else. Don't you desire anything else but only what God has for you. You should desire God. Whatever you have for me, that's all I want. I don't care about what anybody else is doing. I don't care who has what talent. I just want what you have for me. And Lucifer did not do that. He did not trust the Lord to understand that no matter what, he will be just fine. He made that become a stumbling block to him. No, 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 that's unfair. I've been around longer. You know who else did that? Maybe not not to this extent. The prodigal son's older brother. He stayed home with dad while the other one went. And instead of him just be content that he was home, still had his stuff, he was still with dad, he was having some kind of issues. When you're with the father, what difference does it make? Who else is not with him or who is with him? As long as you're with the father, it doesn't matter who else is with the father or not. You just make sure you're with the father. We don't need to worry about who is doing what. Just as long as I'm doing what God wants me to do. Just as long as I'm with him. That's all I'm worried about. I am not going to be like Lucifer. If God says you're going to be at the bottom of the barrel. If you're going to be the last one. Okay, Lord. With a smile. Lucifer looked away from his creator. And into himself and decided he could exceed the limitations he thought God had set on him. Church, uh, let's not believe that lie in thinking that God has set limitation on you. God wants you to be the best you you can be. God wants to use you in a great way. God will do great things in your life. But don't you make the mistake in thinking that God has placed limitation on you. Oh no! Because God wants what's best for you. And God wants you to be the best you that you can be in Christ Jesus. He does. He wants what's best for you. 
But as soon as you start thinking that God has limited you and has raised someone else up, God, how can you do that? I've been around a long time. How can you raise him up and leave me over here? And I've been around a long time and I've been faithful. Let God, let God do what he's going to do. Let God work the way he's going to work because God knows just where you are. Listen to when Abraham, not Abraham, when Noah was 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 in the ark, and they, they they were they were going through when when the flood took place, and it was just them, the eight people remaining in that ark. Guess what? You think they were talking to God every minute? Oh no, they weren't. They were they were in the ark, ark stinking. I'm sure the brothers and sisters started getting a little bit, you know, you, you know how that is when you're around each other a long time. And 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 guess what? They weren't hearing from God every second. God, where are you? He wasn't talking. God, you let this flood come, and now you're not talking to us? God knows just where you are, brother. God knows just where you are, sister. Whether he's talking to you or he's not talking to you. Whether he's showing you something or he's not showing you anything. God knows just where you are. And when the time comes, God will do what he needs to do in your life. God will position you just where he needs to position you. God knows where you are. We don't have to feel it. We don't have to know it. We don't have to understand it. God knows just where we are. God knows where we are. The mystery of the Son of God. Because Lucifer wasn't content with understanding that God knows just where you are. God knows what he's doing. And whatever God is doing, just let him do it. And you be okay with it and because he didn't allow that to be his way of being this activated pride and introduced iniquity to him when you start getting haughty with God hmm, iniquity is injustice unrighteousness the word refers to anything that deviates from the right way of doing things Lucifer's iniquity involved two factors, a refusal to submit to what they have planned for him in favor of trying to establish his own lordship in his life. Church, it's up to us if we're going to let Jesus Christ be Lord of our life or we would be Lord of our life. And when you do what you want and when you do what you will, you are Lord of your life and you will be responsible for your life. But when Jesus is Lord of your life, uh, he will be responsible for your life. I want Jesus to be responsible for my life. I want Jesus to dictate what happened in my life. I am not all-knowing. I am not all-powerful. I am not all-present. But Jesus is. I want him to have the control and the lordship over my life. We crazy sometimes. Sometimes we are our own God. We're ruling our own life. And then when we hit a brick wall, because now we can't find any answer to anything, we hit a wall. No answer, no answer, no answer. Now we cry out to God. Man, if he was like some of us, who are you calling? You talking to me now? Oh, please. All this time I've been here trying to get you to look my way, trying to get you to work with me, and you was doing your own. Now you want me to come help you? Oh, please, boy, get out of here. 
That's what God would do with us if he wasn't so loving and he wasn't so kind. And you know how good God is? He will come and he will help knowing we're going to go back in the same jam because we just like to do our own thing. Lucifer's determination to supplant the son that he thought. Yeah, this, this, this separate son. His determination to supplant the son, as he assumed would be the case, the number two authority in creation. The sin also produced many deeds which were reprehensible. Among them were the attempt to destroy the first human. So after this you know, sin will take you further than you think it will. And once he started thinking he's going to get supplanted coming in, he's going to be regu- um, regulated to third position, he tried to make sure no son ever came. That's the mystery. Continue to go. He decided since there's going to be a son that's going to be second and put me down to third, I got to stop that son. Whatever that son is, let's be on the lookout. And if you start reading your Bible good, you'll see he even put that spirit into people. Pharaoh was like that, right? When Jesus was coming on the scene, they, 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 they were like that. And so they was trying to stop the, the person that they thought would be the son. It's the spirit of Lucifer. He let that one situation cause him to now want to become a murderer. That's what the Bible says. He was a liar and a murderer from the very beginning. Because his whole deal was, I got I to I stop that son. I got to get rid of that son. <laughs> he just got messed up. Because isn't God all-knowing? What did you think he was going to sneak and get rid of the son and God wouldn't know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not laughing at him because you know what? We do some silly stuff sometimes too and not realizing God knows everything. But anyway, leaving Lucifer right where he is. And so he tried to kill every human and then their lineage. This was followed by him trying to subvert, to subvert or kill every firstborn in the lineage whom God made the promise. And so we know murder, lie, come from Lucifer. He's the father of it. I'm finishing up here. When God became the son by incarnation and the virgin Mary gave birth to him, Satan, which became Lucifer's name after the fall, immediately set himself to destroy the man. He succeeded in crucifying the son of God. But God worked his own plan against him. You you, you see how this works? God knew that Satan would behave like that. So God gave him little breadcrumbs, son of God. And he trailed that thing. He kept on following. Son of God, where's son of God? Where's son of God? And so finally, when he suspected real good, Jesus is the son of God. Him because he's the son. So if I can stop him, yeah, shut this thing down. This son thing. He's still on the kick. He got kicked out of heaven. He's still on that. And so God laid down his life and gave his life 
for us. Listen to me. When we become Christians by being born again of the water and of the spirit, Satan now despises and detests you because you have a position with God that he doesn't have and cannot have. Don't forget that. And so, God did not plan on lowering Lucifer to a third position. But the poor little thing didn't even understand. Because the son was not going to be a second place, but would actually be the almighty. So the position was never changing. He, he was deceived in his own mind and thinking that there was going to be an additional son when it was always going to be God who was going to become the son because he was in this world and he had to be a son to be in this world. But the devil thought it was going to be something different. The almighty became the son. Jesus is not a second person in the Godhead, but rather is the very Lord Almighty God himself. There was never going to be some separate son. No, Almighty God became the son. Lucifer did all of that, and he would have still kept his position. Because all he was thinking was there was a son that was going to take his position and how can God do this to him? And he let all of that mess them up. How can God do this to me? I can't let anybody take my place. I'm going to shut it down. And he did all of that. Isaiah 43 verse 10 says this. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me, there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. God is the only one that can say I, 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 and it's legit and it's appropriate. Why? Because everything consists in him. He always existed. He don't need anything to exist. He wasn't created by anything. He was always in existence. He don't need anything to sustain him. Every single thing outside of God needs to be sustained by something. So none of us have the right to keep saying I, I, I. Because you didn't make I. You didn't create I. You're not sustaining I. So you don't have the right to say I. Only God have the right to say I, I, I. Lucifer didn't know it then, but he knows it now that the almighty God became the son. <laughs> he didn't know it then, but he knows it now that the almighty God became the son. The mystery of the son of God was that the almighty God became the son and there was never no second person. It was always God who was going to become the son. And he missed out on the glorious place of heaven all because he misunderstood something. All because he didn't know what God was doing. Church, hear me good. We might not know what God is doing all the time. 
But just hold your position and trust him. Hold your position and do what he says. Hold your position and obey him. We might not always know what he's doing, but hold your position and do what God says do. And even when you don't feel him, and even when you don't understand him, hold your position and just trust him and keep giving him the praise and the glory. You're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. James 2 and 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But thou, but will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. This text just shows us that the devil eventually realized that Almighty God had became the Son. This is in James where he says, I believe there's one God now. Uh-huh. And the one God became a man. Uh-huh. And because of that, I'm trembling because I'm scared because now I know. <laughs> now you know why you tremble, right? Because now you realize it wasn't some other son. It's the same almighty that created all things. He became the son. I'm in trouble because it was never no two or three. It was always one. And so now he's, he's scared to death. The devil is scared to death because he realizes now that he had made a mess and he messed up real bad and he just made some bad decisions and he's just trembling in his boots because he knows he has got a short time. The resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ revealed and confirmed the mystery of the Son of God. He might have thought when Jesus was crucified, I shut it down. But on the third day when Jesus rose, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when he ascended, the dude started running around shaking and trembling because that's when he knew one God. The Almighty God became man, and I'm in trouble. The Son of God is the Almighty God incarnate. He is transcendent. And he became human that we may be able to know him and also that he can give his life as a sacrifice for our sin. If he stayed the way he was, he could have never died for our sins. Blood could never be shed. You getting this? If he remained the way he was, transcendent, blood could never be shed. So in order for blood to be shed, he had to become a human because only humans got blood. Demons don't have blood. Spirit don't have blood. And so he had to become one of us to have blood, to die for us. And so this poor devil made some boo-boos that, boy, oh, boy, we better be on our P's and Q's. We better be on our guard that we don't look around and start comparing ourselves with somebody else and start thinking, well, God, what are you doing with me? I see everybody else being this way. What about me? Let's not do that. Let's get to know God and understand him and just know that whatever he's doing is what's good. His will is good and it's perfect and it's acceptable because the bottom line is he is God almighty. He's all knowing. He knows everything. He makes everything good. Let's stand. The mystery of the Son of God.
God revealed himself as son. And the poor devil, I ain't seen no poor devil nothing. Because he don't like me and I don't like him. I don't like him. Because if he could, listen, if the devil could have killed you, he would have killed you already. The devil don't like you. And he tries his best to crawl in your space in some kind of way all the time. You might not recognize it, but he's always trying to crawl in your space because he's after you because he's just mad that you have a position with God that he can never have. He's just mad because his destination don't have to be your destination. And he's trying to get you to go where he's going because misery love company. Uh-huh, misery love company. When you're miserable, you want somebody else to be miserable. Uh-huh, misery love company. I ain't going to be your company. You miserable, you stay right there by yourself. I'm not coming with you. <laughs> I, 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 want, I, I want experience, you know, peace and joy. You know what I mean, Cheryl? If you miserable, you just stay right there. I'm leaving you alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. We give you honor and praise. There is none like you, O great God. Help us tonight, Lord God, to follow after you, to seek after you, Lord God, and not allow ourselves, Lord God, to take on the behavior of Lucifer. I pray tonight that the power from on high will move this congregation to a place of knowing you and understanding you. God, have your way as we go from this place. Let your hand be upon us. Bless our families. Keep our families, Lord God. Reveal yourself to us in a special way that we may know you and live for you. Bless us and keep us. We give you the praise and the honor for there is none like you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. I love you, Jesus. I adore you, my God, for there is none like you. There is none like you. I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you tonight for bringing us into the house of the Lord. I thank you tonight, Lord God, for speaking to our hearts and giving us direction. We give you honor and praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you tonight. We bless your name. For you are worthy of all the praises. You're worthy of all the honor and all the glory. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. One more time, let's just just clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't forget, come Saturday morning at 8 a.m. to our prayer breakfast. Uh, We want you to come and pray. And ask God to have his way. Church, I love you. Appreciate you. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.